Entering the hive of scum and villainy. I love democracy. The old Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. My allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy! Rebellions are built on hope. Your focus determines your reality. Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Hello, and welcome to Beltway Banthas, a Star Wars podcast live from the hive of scum and villainy in our very own galaxy, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Stephen Kent. I hope your holidays have been merry, or at least peaceful. <laughs> we, uh, we all do deserve that after the year that we have been through together, but we made it. Just remember at midnight tonight to shout Jumanji so the game will finally be over. Now, uh, apologies on this late broadcast. I, I'm not really late. Like, I do say that I'll do one every month, and I try to go at the end of the month, but this feels like a couple of days behind. Um, I will fully admit the chaotic nature of December got the best of me in terms of sitting down to work on an episode. I turned 31 last week, which was exciting. And then Christmas came right after, um, and then a whole bunch of family stuff. My wife came down, <laughs> came down very sick just a couple of uh, of days ago. Had to keep her in her room where all my podcasting stuff is, and keep her quarantined for like four days until we got test results. She's negative, so it's all good. Just a sinus infection. It's really scary getting sick right now. Um, I mean, like you can still get a common cold or catch the flu or anything that happens to you in the winter months on on the normal basis, but they all feel um, like they could be your last, and it's uh it's it's freaky. So I know that's something everybody's going through. Now, <clears throat> I mentioned I turned thirty one. You stop caring about birthdays at a certain point. Um, I think I'm sort of at that point, especially not being near my parents who, you know, would like take me out to dinner or or do something nice. But my daughter and wife made it really, really special and gave me a burst of enthusiasm that I needed going into the new year. And so I got to say that was really cool. Um, This episode today is going to be a little more candid and just open-ended and confessional in a way. Um... I just wanted to talk to you just to touch base. The year ahead is going to be very unique. So this December, I was not only just a little overwhelmed by the holidays and wrapping up work for 2020, I had what I I think was a panic attack. I say that as someone who has never had one uh, or really knows what is involved in it besides what you would think. Um, And it kind of made me hit pause on a few things to collect my thoughts and feelings on what this year has meant and where I'm going in 2021. I wrote for Politicize Me, um, the blog or or publication, whatever you want to call it, email newsletter, um, the other week about fear. And then I followed it up with a post on hope. And I want to talk about a little bit of the stuff that was in there. Uh, What I wrote there was that I have been really scared lately. Fear has been hanging over me like a cloud since early December. 
because, you know, not just COVID and sort of the constant roiling anxiety that that brings up in people, um, I announced a, a book deal, the thing that I've been teasing for nearly a year. It finally happened. I signed with Hachette's Center Street imprint to publish a book next year called How the Force Can Fix the World, Star Wars as a Guide to Personal Improvement and Political Reconciliation. <laughs> it's uh, it's real now. Um, you know, finally, finally went public with all of it. It is something I have wanted for years. I had talked to my old co-host Suara um, about it when we were working on the podcast together, like just sort of kicking around the idea, and it has finally become a reality. I have a deadline, expectations, fifty thousand words or bust. That's you know like something like. 200 pages to tell why Star Wars matters, not just as a foundational moral document, but as a roadmap to healing a really divided and increasingly scary world. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready to do this, but I'm going to do it. One thing that I, I wanted to say here for everyone is that the book coming out from Center Street. Uh, it's a great publisher. They do conservative and more spiritual kind of self-help books within the Hachette Publishing Company. Um, they carry the shining lights of writers such as Newt Gingrich, Donald Trump Jr., and Janine Bureau. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they, all, they carry a, a suite of also completely unsensational authors as well. Um, but, you know, there's been a little bit of shade thrown my way about this, and I understand it, but I, I humbly ask for your grace in knowing me and what I value and what this podcast is about. This book is going to be a reflection of my values and of this podcast's values and Star Wars values. I'm very, very adamant about this, that How the Force Can Fix the World is going to be about what Star Wars stated and implied virtues are, not what opinion writers wish the saga was about. Humility, courage, hope, love, these things are Star Wars. Um, And the book will lay out some ideas in our civic and personal lives where these values could make a difference if we embraced them more fully instead of just paying lip service to them, you know, saying like, hey, you know, like we should live, you know, like the way Star Wars um, is talking about, but, you know, that's for them, not for me. Like this book is going to try to look at, you know, different people from different political walks of life and try to apply some of the lessons of Star Wars to fears, anxieties, um, areas of, of pride and uh, and boastfulness and, you know, try to try to bring everybody down to the same level and um, chart a path forward. That's what this book's going to be. So I, I just I just wanted to speak a little bit to that because it has been mm, not not on my mind too much. I, it probably was only like 48 hours of uh, of mean tweets about, you know, sharing a publisher with Newt Gingrich and Donald Trump Jr. But look, I mean, it is what it is. I'm very excited um, that somebody wanted to uh, to run with this book. And um, so thank you to Center Street. Now, while I am talking about the book, um, I am writing about it and and writing some of the ideas that are actually going directly into the chapters at politicizeme.substack.com. Would you consider signing up for this newsletter? Please, please. It's free, 
and all about loving political art and creative expression. I write there about movies and stuff that's going on in the news and where they intersect. Plus, I share some diary-style entries of my thoughts, which are going into the book, um, and they also find their way onto this podcast like you're going to hear today. And the name for the newsletter came from my annoyance when fans will say, don't politicize Star Wars or stop making comics political. And I'm just here saying like, hey, yes, please, politicize me, please. I, um, this is what I'm here for. It's what I'm all about. So you can go sign up at politicizeme.substack.com. Uh, later today or first thing tomorrow, there's going to be a review of Wonder Woman 1984 going up. And I'd really appreciate the opportunity to keep up with you more there and tell you what's going on with the book. And only about a tenth of all of you out there have signed up for it. So join me there. I look forward to it. Um, so about that panic attack, <laughs> I, was, um, I was working on my chapter about fear. I've been getting up nearly every day at 4 a.m. to work on the book because I have no other time really available for creative, you know, expression. It's it's exhausting. You know, my daughter wakes up around seven and with schools being closed and her doing home learning, I am playing, you know, daddy daycare all day um, while also working a 40-hour week job and all of my many side hustles. I just don't, I can't write any time other than like 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. Um, and so the other week, my, my mother-in-law came over from out of town Everyone was downstairs hanging out in the living room around 7 a.m. And I was starting to just feel this, this shadow fall over me, just like these, these, these hands just like gripping my body um, more than just moodiness. And the deadline of the book, a job change starting in January, which is transitioning full-time to self-employment, all just washed over me in this form of terror. Like, what have I done? What have I done? I decided to, to call it quits and go to bed at 7 p.m. And I just laid there in bed and cried and lost control of my breath. My chest hurt. My feet were numb. And it was really scary. <laughs> and I was just alone. And I, I didn't need help, but I just like... I was just terrified. I was like, I, I've never felt this way before. Um, and then it passed. I just laid there for, for several more hours. I couldn't actually go to sleep. I just couldn't pin down why I was feeling this way. And I thought, I thought at like 11, I was like, I should get up and I should try to like podcast. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I, I can't do that right now. So it's been, it's been a good week or two since that, and uh, now I'm trying to, to share a little bit of, of that moment, because I carry a lot. Like We all carry a lot. Uh, we compartmentalize stuff um, for other people. We compartmentalize for people we love. We don't want to constantly be oozing our discontents and stress and terror at the adult decisions that we're always having to make, and um, I, think, I think I finally had my moment where I couldn't compartmentalize it anymore in some way. Now, I know and understand that fear is the gateway to the dark side. It is the core antagonist of the Star Wars story and the trilogy films, the TV series, and every property and medium. 
it's not complicated. <laughs> but what is complicated is Yoda's advice to Anakin about his fearful visions regarding Padme dying in childbirth. He advises him to do away with attachment. That is not practical advice for anyone in real life, and maybe not even practical for a temperamental Jedi like Anakin. I really wish Yoda had realized this, and I I think eventually he did, based on expressed regret later on in the saga and after the Clone Wars. Now, the morning of my event, uh, my breakdown, I had been breaking ground on a chapter about Anakin's meeting with Yoda, where he shared with him all of the, the stuff he was going through. And as you know, he says, the fear of loss is the path of the dark side. Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them. Do not miss them. Do not. Attachment leads to jealousy. The shadow of greed, that is. Now, I was working on a chapter about fear, and it just seemed like stewing in it and thinking about it so much, I don't know, like opened it like opened a portal. <laughs> it sort of made me vulnerable um, for this period of time. And funny enough, the day before, I had just completed a podcast by conservative author, um, and public speaker Arthur Brooks. He's kind of like, he's like Paul Ryan if Paul Ryan was a Buddhist. <laughs> and I mean that very seriously. Um, he has spoken a great deal about his appreciation of Buddhism and his meetings with the Dalai Lama. And on his podcast, The Art of Happiness, something you really should listen to. I think anybody who listens to this show would like The Art of Happiness. Brooks described asking one of the monks how to feel better or understand bad feelings, such as anger, fear, or disgust. And he recalled the response being something along the lines of what Yoda said. He said, you see them as a signal that you have an attachment that you need to address. And that advice, again, was pertaining to, you know, fear, anger, disgust. What What was my attachment? Um, I mean, fear can take all sorts of shapes. And it was kind of hard for me to sort of pin down like, all right, so I'm having this moment of fear. What am I attached to? What is, <laughs> you know, this isn't me holding on to, to my wife uh, possibly dying in a vision that I had. Um, this isn't me, you know, coveting uh, somebody and treating them like an object like, like Anakin does. Um, this is hard. And while what Yoda said to Anakin in this moment doesn't really seem that practical. In the novelization of The Revenge of the Sith, which is still one of my favorite Star Wars reads of all time, there's actually more dialogue there. And he does say to Anakin, named your fear must be before you can banish it, or before banish it, you can. <laughs> Gotta speak in Yoda. Um, you know, and, and that's that's true. And it's really hard to try to figure out, like, what is your attachment if you can't name what you're afraid of? And in this moment that I was in, I was like sort of just feeling like a cocktail of fear, all sorts of things. Um, You know, the expectations um, put on me by this book and by a publisher, you know, like, you know, like if you don't like turn in the book on the due date, you have to like pay them back like for your book deal. (laughs) It's just like really scary. And I'm not great with money and I feel like I'm going to like accidentally blow it on something. Um, and it's just, it's sort of like this now, like this existential crisis. Um, 
you know, just following me around everywhere. And then there's the pandemic. There's all of the anxiety there. And I mentioned that I'm moving to self-employment. I'm stepping away from full-time salaried work in 2021 for the first time in my professional life to start an LLC. It's called Better Media LLC. Uh, and I'm going to be hosting a TV show. It's uh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. It's actually going to be like a YouTube show, um, but you can watch it on a couple of different streaming TV devices. Um, it's affiliated with Al Jazeera, and it's going to be called Right Now with Stephen Kent. Nobody knows this, so don't tell anyone. <laughs> Nobody knows this yet. Um, and I, I, I started the LLC to basically host the show, do media training consulting, which I do um, still on the side. I'm still going to work a little bit with my nonprofit, Young Voices, but only like 15, 20 hours a week. And I'm going to be writing this book. Um, I, I'm not going to have a boss this year. It's going to be crazy. I'm, I mean, <laughs> it's so exciting, but like, oh my God, what if I fail? What if I fail? And when I think back on laying there in bed, breathing at that rate, I'm, I'm uncomfortable talking about naming my fear actually was quite easy. I just said it. I'm afraid of failing, of disappointing my wife, which she wouldn't be disappointed. She would, she would hurt for me. Like she would be sad for me. She wouldn't be like, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were, were someone else. And now I realize you're some sort of loser. <laughs> she, I know she would be like just sad for me, but a, but a rock of strength. But like, you have this vision in your head of people you love letting them down and they like, it's like, and this, this happens in Star Wars a couple of times. I'm trying to remember in Star Wars Rebels, like Ezra has like this vision. Yeah, yeah. He's in the Jedi Temple on Lothal and he has this vision when he's in the Jedi Temple because, you know, the Jedi Temple is, is shows you your fears and he's wandering around the ghost all of a sudden, and he's overhearing conversations from his crewmates where they're all talking smack about him. Like Sabine is like saying, like, oh, like we can dump him off on the next planet uh, whenever we get there. And his friend Zeb is like talking about him like he like he doesn't matter. And uh, Hera is talking about him like he's a kid. And uh, Ezra's fear is abandonment. He was he was left by his parents, lost his parents, and, and grew up an orphan. And that is his most um, ever-present fear is being left uh, and alone again. And and so he's like having this really cartoonish imagery of people talking bad about him behind his back, something we're all very afraid of is our friends talking bad about us behind our backs. And I was just thinking of like my wife crying in despair, like, oh, I married some sort of loser who left his job and uh, tried to start a, a TV show that bombed. And uh, and then my daughter just being like, oh, I thought my dad was like a, an overachiever. I thought my dad like always succeeded at everything he does. And I was feeling shame. I was already feeling shame that if this venture didn't work out, uh, what does that say about me? Who Am I who I think I am? And <laughs> so what about attachment? I started with that after all, like I, I broke down the Arthur Brooks attachment thing. And in some ways, my attachment here was my self-image, how I view myself, my pride. 
the idea of me as a provider, a ladder climber, a bringer of stability to my family. Because for those of you who know me a little bit better than most, my my family uh, my family unit of three has really struggled since our unplanned start as a family at the age of twenty. Um, my girlfriend got pregnant in college, and we had to, to drop everything um, and figure out if we were two people who wanted to be married and be together. And did we want to have a family together? Um, and we, we made it work. We, we made it work. Um, cause we at least had, had known each other for some time. And when you get married at 20 and I, I come from an, an upper middle class family who always had what we needed, like if I needed a, to go to a sports club, I needed to join a sports team. If I needed to go to summer camp or wanted to go to summer camp, I could go to summer camp. I had a nice childhood. And I was suddenly going to be a dad in the middle of college, um, going to class, working, cleaning diapers, changing diapers. You don't clean diapers, just for the record. That's, that's a bad idea, and you'll always lose. <laughs> um, but that was my life now. And I was like, holy cow, I am not going to be giving my child the, the childhood that I had. And she still doesn't have the childhood that I had because when, you know, in most cases, unless your parents just shower you with money to solve all of your problems, uh, when you start a family unplanned at 20, you're going to be like plugging holes in the ship for for quite a long time. You're going to be trying to figure out how to get on your feet again. Um, And it's taken 10 years. My daughter's 10. Um, We're on our feet I think I think the holes are all plugged, and this is going to be the first year, 2021, where I've committed to building new things, like building a new ship, instead of just trying to stop the one that we're in from sinking. <laughs> I really want to try to build a really great ship and put nice sails on it um, and see where we can go, because we finally, I think, are up. But all of this is is part of my image, my idea about myself as like the guy who did it. I married my girlfriend out of college. We made the family work. We're raising the kids. She's super awesome. She has good character. She loves Star Wars. Like, she's great. Like, I did it. I have an idea of myself as like someone who kind of conquered this problem and I can conquer other problems too. And so I'm (laughs) probably more than the book. Like, I'm going to be doing this TV and YouTube show in 2021, and I, I don't know if I can do it, y'all. I love being a podcast host, but I also, like, the negative comments, like the people who are going to give it thumbs down on YouTube, I, I, I'm not good at compartmentalizing that stuff. It's really hard for me not to look on Twitter for people talking trash about me, and, and people do, I, and I, I've, I've been pretty disciplined about it lately. Um, it really gets to me. I really have a hard time with it. And I am really scared of people seeing me as somebody who's not a doer and a winner, uh, but seeing me as a schmuck and a loser. And um, my attachment was my self-image and wanting to be a hero. So... 
you know, right now I feel daily like I'm about to light all that progress on fire. <laughs> oh my God, what if the book doesn't sell? <laughs> what if no one buys it? Oh God, you know, all of these things. So what I can change, all of these things, what I can change right now is how I process and receive those ugly feelings when they come and how I process the fear that I am dealing with. I can name my fear. It is failure. I can recognize the attachment. It's my self-image. And these are things that cloud your vision. But when you do recognize and name these things, you can unlock a superpower. And I'm trying to find that power that Leia has throughout Star Wars. And it is the power to turn fear into hope. I do have hope about 2021. And there's a lot of reason to have hope about 2021. Um, Vaccines are are moving. They're, They're being developed very actively now. But there's also new strains of the coronavirus out there. Um, There's also anti-vax problems and culture issues across different countries. Like the coronavirus is probably going to be with us throughout the year, but it is going to get better. I believe that. I do have hope. Um, But it's okay if you don't. It's okay if you are feeling weak and feeling like you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was talking to or not talking. I mean, I was consoling my my daughter the other day because I had the bright idea of asking her if she was excited about the coming new year. And spoiler, she was not. She was not excited about the new year. And I, I really can't blame her. This has been the worst year of her life. She's been sheltered at home and and not seeing her friends. And she loves school. Um online school is, has been like a, a death of part of her identity, um, in a huge way. And she just, she just broke open when I asked, started crying and sobbing. This was a few days before Christmas. She said, this is never going to end. And she just cried on my shoulder for a good 20 minutes. I have never experienced something like the coronavirus pandemic in my life. Neither of you, um, Bill Gates called it a once in a century pathogen uh, in February, and it has definitely shaped up to be just that um, a seismic force that changed the world. And as it stands right now, where we are in this moment, things are, are not good. The, 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 the numbers of COVID cases, the numbers of deaths are, are about to take a, a surge in January. President Joe Biden has, President elect Joe Biden, has said, that the dark days or our darkest days are ahead of us, not behind us. That's some radical candor. And I appreciate that honesty. And I, I hope all of you do too. Like, I, I really appreciate leadership when they tell you, like, we're about to go into, like, the worst of the fight. Buckle up, but it's going to get better. That, mm, that's leadership. But people are still hurting right now. In the week between Christmas and, and New Year's, today when I'm, I'm making this, the U.S. death toll has crossed 330,000, 1.75 people million dead um, around the world. 400,000 roughly small businesses closed across the United States in some form or another. It is okay if you don't feel hope. And when I had my my daughter crying 
on main, soaking my, my darn shirt. My mind was racing in this moment about what would be perfect dad-like wisdom to try and lift her up from this moment of despair. And I began to cycle in my head through pop culture encyclopedias and and something to say to her. And it's if you have kids, like I think we all do this. I I, I assume we all do this, right? Like we're not just like in, in, imbued with all sorts of manner of wisdom and, and the perfect things to say, like people in movies, like we draw on what we know. Um, for some of it's the Bible. Um, for some of us, it's, it's Star Wars. <laughs> for me, it's both, but actually it's way more Star Wars uh, because I've just never, never internalized a lot of, uh, of biblical quotes. Uh, my mom is good for that. Um, but let's be honest, there was nothing I could say to her that she could count on. I could say anything to her about the virus and how it's going to be better. And, you know, you know, our governor could reimpose lockdowns and we could stop having to go to our favorite restaurant tomorrow. Dr. Anthony Fauci could change his mind again about the merit of reopening schools. Um, he's been on every side of the argument now at this point. And I, I asked her, do you have hope? And she said, yeah, but I cut her off and I said, Sylvie, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. She paused and she closed her eyes and one more little tear kind of snuck down down her cheek and she knew she knew where I got that line from. Um, nicely timed Star Wars reference. A quote from Admiral Holdo in Episode 8, The Last Jedi. And Holdo offered this wisdom to Poe Dameron to try and assuage his doubts about how the resistance would escape the the clutches of the First Order with them bearing down on all of their ships. Um, It was a really bad moment for the resistance, and it was about to get worse, but uh, Admiral Holdo believed and held on to that flame of Leia. Uh, Leia was down from her injury at this time, and it was apparently something that Leia used to say. Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. Hope is like the sun. It warms you. It guides you. It helps to fill your world with color when you have something that you are are waiting for, that you're hoping for. But the sun can become lost behind clouds and shrouded in impossible, impossible to see through darkness and with no clear end in sight. Maybe it's the dark tunnel and you can't see the end yet. And if you don't know that the sun is in fact there or believe that it's going to emerge or that when you turn the next corner of the tunnel that you might see the light, you can really struggle to make it through the day that you're in, to make it to that next warm day. And we need hope. Because rebellions are built on hope, after all. <laughs> I mean, that's for a reason, right? I mean, Mon Mothma and Saw Gerrera offer very different visions of standing up to the Empire. Saw Gerrera's prescription for the Empire, or fighting the Empire, is, is just merely violence and, and standing up and facing them on their own terms. Um, an eye for an eye. But there are limits to that and the appeal of that to a mass amount of people. Sagarera's partisans are a small and ragtag band of more violent um, activists against the empire. And Mon Mothma's trying to build something bigger. She's like trying to chart a course 
not just towards overthrowing the empire, but offering a picture of what comes in its place and the alliance to restore the republic, is a rebellion that is built on hope, that we can win this fight, we can grow the amount of people who support us, and we can replace what is is making us so angry um, and disenchanted and, and fearful, which is the empire, and replace it with something, the new republic. And I'm sorry, that was a side tangent, um, <laughs> a little side rant about Mothma. I've been, re- I've been re-watching Star Wars Rebels lately. Um, we're, we're on season four now. We've been really trailblazing through the whole show. And I, I just love the scenes with Mon Mothma in that program and um, the ones where she also is faced with Saw Gerrera and, and they sort of offer two competing views of, of leadership. And it's great. But the point to all of this that I've just been ranting about is that hope is, is there. Um, and I, I hope that you can see it. Things are about to get better. And if you are feeling like you can't see it, believe. Hope is behind the next cloud. It is around the next corner. Um, 2021 is going to be better. And that's all. New Year's is upon us. Um, In a couple of hours, I'm going to watch A New Hope with some friends online. You can join. Um, Check out Riley Blanton's Twitter. I think he's going to be tweeting about it. Um, and maybe you can join that that online viewing. We're going to watch A New Hope right when the ball drops or it hits midnight. The Death Star will explode. It's going to be fun. Um, so I'm actually going to stay up this year. And uh, yeah, if you could follow my newsletter for this podcast, for the book, politicizeme.substack.com. That's politicizeme.substack.com. And you can email me at beltwaybanthas at gmail.com and tell me whatever you want. I will read your emails on the show. Um, I always love to hear from you, and I hope you're well. I really do. I really hope you're well, and thank you for listening to this uh, sort of diary entry episode of of Beltway Banthas. Um, I might be doing a little bit more of this in 2021 just um, to work out some of my thoughts about things that I'm I'm writing about for the book. Um, the, The next six months of the podcast are very much going to be about the chapters that I'm developing and and writing and then kind of sharing my thoughts about what's going on in those chapters, the the converging themes of Star Wars and politics that I'm I'm writing on on any given week. Um, So I think it's all going to be packaged together. So it'll be fun. So tune in next month. We'll be back with more from Beltway Banthas. I've been your host, Stephen Kent. You can follow me on Twitter at Stephen underscore Kent. 8-9. I'll chat with you anytime. And the moment you've all been waiting for. May the force be with you. Always.